marketing geeks. You know, when I was young, I used to market at garage sales and on the streets. But now, after listening to Marketing Geeks, the number one podcast on iTunes, I'm marketing online. You know, when I was young, I used to market the old-fashioned way. I sold audio tapes out of my trunk of my car. That was back during my rap days. But now I'm a successful businessman. Thank you, Marketing Geeks. Billy Mays here with Marketing Geeks telling you that this is the greatest show on the internet today. <laughs> and with I and with it. that welcome, <laughs> I love it. With that, welcome to Marketing Geeks. Hi everyone. We are. Hey, I heard we're up to eight listeners. We are, were seven last uh, last time we did our podcast. We're up to eight now. We're breaking through. Yeah, but you know what here, happened? Huh? We uh, we had one of them drop off, so we're back down to seven. Oh, oh. shoot! Huh. I know. It's I was a, so hopeful. It's a, I know. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. That's life in the big city. So, uh, Gwendolyn, yeah, chic. The where the are chic. you? You where are you in the world where today? Are you today. Oh, you know what? I left London. I, ha- I had a really smoking hot fun time in London, uh, other than, you know, the whole story about the guy and uh, the, the nails. So if you didn't get our last episode, if you didn't listen, please go back and listen to what happened to me in a London bar. Uh, I, was, I thought <laughs> I was going to end up in the London dungeon, but I left London and some of my girlfriends, my girlfriend Jenna was there and uh, she was like really pumped because she's a soccer fan. Uh, I mean, football fan. And I'm not at all. Like, I love football, American football, but I know nothing about soccer. Uh, they didn't have it in the community I live in growing up. So I said to her, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, where do you want to go? And she said, let's go to Paris. I said, what? She said, let's go to Paris. And, you know, let's see what happens. Let's be there when France wins the World Cup. And I said, what's the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> so... So she filled me in and, you know, I know what the Stanley Cup is and, uh, you know, we we laughed a lot and uh, I actually had the best time at this bar. Uh, I've been there a few nights in a row called The Moose, okay? And it's funny because, you know, you, you think I would go to a bar in Paris that has this nice Parisian sound and, you know, that like the language of the most romantic language in the world, I think. I just, I just love French. No bigger turn on guys out there, okay? And the issue became we found this bar that was so stinking fun. And it was a sports bar called The Moose. So we spent a couple nights partying there had the best time. And uh, I I can tell you, Jenna did meet a man uh, who turned out to be someone who he was really not. He told her he was this millionaire and that uh, we were going to go back to his place. Well, long story short, after we finished pre-gaming at the hotel, we end up at the Moose. Again, the second night, he meets us there she's you know had drinks with them two nights in a row and we end up going to his mansion only to find that there wasn't a toothbrush there did you have a bag uh, full was, of fingernails no there was no garbage no. there i mean i'm just glad i was with her because you know just because he had a really sex sexy hot french accent did not mean he was the real deal so i immediately knew that this guy was a fraud. He was a phony. He Airbnb'd this mansion for, I don't know how long, 
a week maybe. He was doing what he could to pick up chicks. And uh, as soon as I was onto it, I wanted to tell her. But then the doorbell rang. So this woman comes in and she's like talking to me in French. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can only understand bits and pieces of what you're saying. You know, I, I'm more familiar with Quebec Wall French from Montreal. But, you know, speak to me slowly and I might be able to understand what you're saying. She goes, oh, I speak English. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, what's going on? And she said, who's the fucking woman with my man? And I said, what are you talking about? And like, she really got pissed off. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, I've been in Cuba for a month. And, uh, you know, I don't know where they met and blah, blah, blah. But I was there on business and blah, blah. And I was like, holy shit. She's like, he's my person. And she broke down and started crying. So I ran upstairs. I look at Jenna. I'm like, Jenna, they were like kissing. That was it. I was like, we got to get the hell out of here now. And she's like, oh no, not again. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is not his mansion. He air beat and beat it. And his girlfriend's downstairs. So we took off and uh, I'm back in the hotel in Paris. And uh, I think I'm going to be heading to a new city tomorrow. I'm, I'm buying a plane nice. ticket and I will be telling you uh, about a new adventure. I don't have any work here. That's the problem. You know, I can't stay here any longer because I, I didn't have any connections. It was just spur of the moment. Let's get on a plane. Let's go to France because they're playing football. And when they win the, uh, what is the it World called? Cup. The World Cup. Yeah. Uh, we want to be there. To, yeah. We want to party with the World Cuppers. So that's what we did. We had a great time. Yeah, they they go crazy for the World Cup over overseas. I mean, there's like riots and and everything with the yeah. with the World Cup one. And then over here, you know, I grew up in California, and I could care less about soccer. But I guess it's uh, you know, I I guess we grew up, grew up in in California. I grew up watching football americano with the 49ers exactly. and the, those kind of teams. And I guess you know people riot over that over that stuff too. It's kind of ridiculous, but uh, yeah, grown grown people still riot over teams winning or teams losing. It's it's uh, it's somewhat humorous, but what what we can talk about here is is how people are faking being rich and using that again. We, we you know we talk about influence tactics, so we could you know on online this happens a lot too. We have people that are you know taking their photos in front of mansions. They're uh, they're pretending to be on trips they're not really on. They're doing all this to help sell their stuff online, and Andros knows all about that. That's right, that's right. Because I although I keep telling people that I am in the Netherlands. I'm actually in my mother's basement <laughs> in Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs> it's all, hey, hey you give away your biggest don't secret. Knock Hoboken. They have the cake boss there. I love the cake boss. That's cool. Cake boss. Uh, you know what I have to tell you though? Yeah. I am a little bit disappointed. I, I would even though I, I don't watch, you know, European football or soccer as we call it in the US, uh I, I kind of was rooting for Croatia because I am so intrigued by their president. She's 50 years old. You know, her name is Kalinda. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. I have no idea how to pronounce her two last names, but she is like just this rocking superstar for women in leadership. And I love her. And I kind of wanted Croatia to win. They were the underdogs all the way. And I just thought, you know, it'd be so cool for this woman, this female president to have this like huge win in the world. So I, I was rooting for them, but I ended up it's just a sports win though. It's so overplayed. I, I mean, it really like it shouldn't really matter that your sports team wins in terms of like developing, you know, a national Here's fever the thing. or whatever. Here's the yeah. thing. Let me tell you this, Justin, I wouldn't have even known who Kalinda was 
and many people around the world, you know, who are reading the New York Times and they're talking about her. Nobody would even know who she is. Who's 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 Googling Croatian president, finding out it's a woman. So, you know, her being on the center stage like that, I thought was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, there's truth. There's definitely truth to the fact that the World Cup brings attention that wouldn't normally be there. And if you... You know, speaking of movies, we love movies here, right? There's a movie called Invictus. It's probably a book based on it too. And it's a true story um, about Nelson Mandela using like the rugby world championships to draw attention to his causes. And so it, it's, um, there's truth. It just, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. And whatever you can use to leverage attention, and that's marketing though, right? We're leveraging where there's already attention and then we're using it to promote our cause. So uh, good for uh, good for the Croatian president to bring attention to herself because of the soccer team over there. And congratulations, of course, to the Parisians for winning the World Cup. Uh, You know, and what's really interesting, especially my position over here, is that uh, I'm currently doing marketing for a uh, Dutch software company. And that is at lunch. That is what they talk about is 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 football. And I and they talk about it in Dutch. And my Dutch is like piss poor to begin with. So, so then that like I can kind of pick up some things. So is your English, by the way? Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> because of my learning disability. What's up with that? Why you gotta like? Why you gotta go there? <laughs> Sorry, just pick. <sighs> just pick. So, so anyway, it's it's. But what's funny is like is like trying to fit in is always hard here because not only do I have to deal with the fact that I don't follow football, but then the conversation usually devolves around some sort of player that was with a team in. <laughs> 2010 he did this thing and i was andros listen maybe you don't follow football per se but you do follow beautiful women i i know that so why didn't you bring up colinda because uh because she never showed up on my tinder profile like and you know i was never able to (laughs) one way or another (laughs) maybe if she gets on tinder then i'll know who she is you know yeah okay i got it uh you know we have a great show planned for you today i have no idea what it is because i've been too busy partying at the moose and Pevy. but what are we talking about tonight fellas well this is part three of our linkedin mastery uh precursor and for those of you who don't know uh justin and i and gwendolyn are all going to be present for the LinkedIn Mastery Course. You can go into linkedinmasterycourse.com and you can register there and it is completely free. Mm, that sounds yeah. good. I should, I just, we should go to I that. just need to tell you something though. Yeah. Andros, <laughs> I don't know if you have a learning disability or not, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell the fans what you what you emailed me. Andros emails me and uh, you know he knows I'm away. I'm not checking my emails every five seconds, you know, like most chicks do. And he emails me and he says... <laughs> Are you available August 1st? Are you going to participate with us in the LinkedIn masturbation course? I did and not. I know. It, you are. I know. I know it was like an auto. Do you, do you have a record of this? Andros would never say that. He would never no, no, say no. that. No, no, no. It was, a, it was a t- an email. <laughs> so I, I, I messaged him back and he said, oh, freaking autocorrect. And I'm like, you really can't. You can't spell mastery. That was the joke last time that Justin was going to actually buy the other uh, URL, uh, right? Hold on. Because I'm going to check that and see in my – hold on. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I'm just going to get on autocorrect right now and and see if oh, you can get boy. it to do that. Because he, oh. he couldn't spell mastery and then he put masturbation and I was just like, oh my God, a LinkedIn masturbation course. Like I was laughing so hard. I almost like I, you know I leaked what? a little bit of pee. I leaked. My bad. My bad. I, that happened. <laughs> see? See? Oh my God, Justin. It's too funny, isn't it? I can't so, make this shit so up. Whatever I just you do, don't it. go to the LinkedIn masturbation course.com. That, that is not what we're doing here, folks. It is not what we're doing. No. no. But you know, I had to I had to tell our seven listeners because it is funny. And, you know, you joked about having a learning disability, and I'm starting to believe it when you start, you know, sending me things like that and not reading it. I think I think that's an important marketing thing. I mean, Justin did a great show and talked about copy and copyright, and uh, you've got to go back and you've got to do spell You know check. what? That's, that's why God <laughs> created Grammarly. I'm sorry, but that's like, you know. Okay. Spell check does gotcha. make a fool out of me. Gotcha. But so so it, so here's the thing. Uh, we are doing the LinkedIn Mastery course, and in this course, we are going to show everybody how to get a, a master LinkedIn profile. So it will get you leads for sales. It will get you jobs if you're looking for a job. Get you a better job if you don't like the job you already have. Uh, and uh, this is a free service that we are giving to everybody. And it is uh, all you have to do is go to LinkedInMasteryCourse.com and sign up. And it is going to be August 1st. We would love to see you there. And we want to do this because uh, LinkedIn is my favorite social network and it has gotten me jobs. It has gotten me very good connections with people. It has uh, accelerated my career. Uh, I now have, uh, I'm creeping up on 8,000 connections at this very moment in time, 8,000. And, uh, so it, you know, and, and, and my sphere of influence is growing. Thank you. Uh, LinkedIn. I remember when I used to have 8,000 connections, uh, that was a long time yes. ago. I think I'm at 11, 11,000 now. Is that, is that Are right? You really? Uh, it's at 11. Are you really? Yeah. You better believe it. You better I don't believe, know if it. I believe go it. Go look at it. Go check it we out. Were, go verify. We were go verify. for a second there, but uh... is this a competition? Yes. We... If this is a competition, I am losing. You know, it, it, it's not the size of your network that matters. It's what you can do with the network. It's how it's how you use it. Ah. <laughs> uh... So let's let's actually get into let's get into some real LinkedIn topics here today. Uh, I know we're having a good time, but I really I do want to cover I want to cover some content. So for those what five listeners that are here for the content, we can deliver some value, and then for the other two, they've already gotten some good nuggets here. Um, but today, we, <laughs> today we're going to talk about how you can leverage LinkedIn using articles, and that's that's one of the strategies. Uh, we're going to we're going to cover a number of different things, but the one I want to start with is there is LinkedIn is actually a publishing platform on top of just a social network. So it's not just the social network of business, but it's also a publishing platform. So if you have, uh, if you're writing a blog or you have a blog on your website, you can actually take those articles and you can publish them directly to LinkedIn. You'll get real-time analytics. And um, what Andros has done masterfully uh, with using these articles is he uses them to leverage into conversations. So too many people too many people go out there and they private message with uh, with their target market or their business owners or hiring managers, and they go out there and they private message looking for value for them right away. So you'll, you'll see this where people will message you and they'll say, 
look, I'm offering an SEO course, blah, 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 buy it before I even know who they are, before they've even established any kind of relationship. But instead, if you lead with value, you're more likely to start a conversation which can then blossom into a sale later on. Sales don't happen on the first contact with somebody, maybe at like a 0.0025% type of range, but it really you have to build the relationship first. And Andres, were you going to say yeah, something? Yeah, so uh, let me give you kind of break down exactly how I did this because they're, 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 this is kind of an interesting story. So for those of you who uh, were listening last week, I kind of went over how I grew my network here in the Netherlands and used that, leveraged that network to get myself a, uh, a pretty nice job right when I landed. And uh, if you haven't heard that, you go back and listen to it. It's very entertaining, if I do say so myself. We were so entertaining, weren't we guys? So entertaining. Um, so, and, so entertaining. And so one of the things that happened was I was, uh, I was getting interviewed by uh, the CEO of the company. And, uh, and one of the things I wanted to do was I was looking for kind of holes in their marketing, like things that they were not doing that uh, they could have benefited from. And one of the things I noticed was that this particular product was geared towards students and what they were not doing with this, with this company. And it was, it was, they just had a huge round of investments. They were growing like crazy. And what they did not do is they did not grow their investment or grow their, their, their populace base by doing real world interactions. And what I mean by that is that there are uh, what they call uh, hotspots where companies will set up, say, a location with their logo on it and make it Instagrammable. So if somebody takes that photo, that logo would be in the background. So I went to a, uh, a festival with my two-year-old son, and I took him to this festival called uh, Lightning in a Bottle. And I noticed that there was a beer company that had done this. They had set up like this game that was like a giant skeet ball with basketballs. And they put their logo all over it. So people would be filming it and taking pictures of themselves and Instagramming it. And every time you took a picture of it, their logo would show up in the background. So Justin and I talk about this thing called the rule of seven, which is in order for someone to convert to your idea or concept or marketing uh, platform, whatever that is, they've got to be exposed to it at least seven times. And this was perfect. This is like one of those seven times where they are basically, this beer company set this Instagrammable moment up so the people who would come and Instagram it would be broadcasting their logo to all of their followers. Anyway, so so here's what I did. I wanted to mention this to the CEO, but I- now, now, why don't we clarify? So you took your two-year-old to a festival? I mean, really? Oh, hell yeah. Really? Yeah. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, he's older now. He's four. But I uh, I took him to Burning Man. I took I took when he was a year and a half. I took him to Burning Man. He still talks about it. I'm going to take him back. He's- I mean, I'm now 35 years old and I haven't been to Burning Man yet. So I, I feel like I'm missing a life experience that uh, that little Khalil has already. Well, had. you know what? We're That's we're all going. No place I will ever go. No, you're going. I will never go. You're going. You're going to you're going to go to a bar with us. You're going to take a few drinks. You're going to wake up. You'll be a Burning Man, and that's it. You'll be there. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> You're kidnapped. And you cannot use this as evidence later on. <laughs> I quit drinking yesterday. I quit drinking yesterday. You say that what? at eight p.m. Right. <laughs> well, that's great. What's, I what's did. Gonna be- I started drinking. I started drinking at noon. No, maybe it was eleven. And at eight p.m., I was 
hammered and I said, I'm done. I'm never drinking again. And I haven't, I have not had one drink today. Just tea. congratulations wow. on your, on your 24 hours of sobriety. Um, not quite yeah. 24, but getting we're getting there. there. Yeah. We'll get you a chip soon enough. So wait, <laughs> so, so, so here's what happened. So, so I wanted to kind of tell this to the CEO of this company that they were interviewing me to be like a chief marketing officer. And, and what happened was I didn't want to come across as like, Hey, I think you guys should do this in the interview. Cause that would just be, uh, you know, it would be a little tacky. Pompous. A little pushy, yeah. little pushy before. So here's. Right. Before they know and, who you and are. I was yeah. still in the running. This is like when they were still like interviewing lots of people. So what I did was I went on LinkedIn and I wrote an article called how I partied with my two year old. And, uh, and I, I basically wrote the article talking about this particular uh, thing and how this company had set up these Instagrammable moments. And I felt that this company I was interviewing for could do the exact same thing. So I wrote the article and then I reached out to the CEO and some of the other, like the HR managers, some of the other people for the company. And I said, Hey, I wrote this article. I think you might find it interesting. And I sent it off to them. And the very next day they called me for a final interview. And so the, the moral to the story is instead of bugging them and saying how, like, you know, with a bit of puffery about how great I am for the position, even though I knew I would be, what I did instead was I gave them something valuable, some valuable information that was more of like, hey, I wrote this and I thought of you after I wrote it. Take a look at it and tell me what you think. So this is something that you can do with LinkedIn where you can leverage uh, one of the things that's built into LinkedIn is they bought something called SlideShare. And SlideShare is basically like PowerPoint, but it's online and all the text is searchable and SEO'd. So for instance, can you stop for just a second? Because I know that you're the marketing geeks, but you use a lot of acronyms that I'm not familiar with. And I don't know that all of our aspiring seven listeners know everything that you're talking about too. What's an S something O? Okay. SEO stands for search engine optimization. And what search engine optimization is, is it's a way to optimize any type of content. So if someone Googles a particular keyword, that content will come up towards the top. And because I'm an SEO specialist and Justin is an SEO specialist, we can take any type of content and make it pop up towards the top of a search result. On LinkedIn as well as Google. So so SEO, when you hear it in the general standpoint, refers to Google search and getting your Google results on page one. That's what you generally will think of with SEO. But in terms of LinkedIn, LinkedIn has its own search um, engine as well. So inside of LinkedIn, there's a way where if somebody searches marketing expert or they search marketing director, or they search marketing in general, they um, that we can then get our profile to pop up ahead of other profiles because we're well SEO'd, meaning that we're ranking for that particular keyword that people are searching. And that's, uh, that's the goal in terms of we want to be the top result when somebody is searching for what we do. We want to show up. So that's the goal with SEO in terms of LinkedIn. So to to basically show that you have a wealth of knowledge, because you know one of the things that you want to do is position yourself as an expert in your particular field, uh, you can use the LinkedIn product called SlideShare, which is free, and you can create a SlideShare that basically goes over some sort of information, like ten things you need to know about so and so, or five things that will help you, blah 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 blah. And if you create a SlideShare, like a PowerPoint presentation about your area of expertise, it will also become search engine optimized. So if somebody is googling that information, then there's a chance that that SlideShare will pop up 
towards the top and connect you to that person. So it, it just shows your area of expertise. And uh, then you could take that slide share and you can share it with prospective clients. So this is a way, it's a, it's a methodology in which if you want to reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, like let's say you're looking for a new job or you're looking for a sales prospect, rather than just reaching out to someone on LinkedIn and saying, hey, I'd like you to check out my new thing or I'm, I, you know, do you have any interest in IT professionals? Uh, what would be far more interesting to me is if I were looking for an IT professional, someone wrote an article about 10 things to look for when you're looking for an IT professional. And if they gave me that article and private messaged me with that article, I would probably read it if it was interesting to me. And I would definitely reach out to that person if it touched a chord. Does that make sense? Now, Andres, what this also does, though, is we talked a little bit about authority building. When you're when you authored an article, that builds more credibility and more authority for you and your brand. So the fact that you are the author of an article about marketing or about uh, positioning and Instagram and uh, how to kind of leverage Instagram for uh, for moments or photo, uh, photographic moments with the brand in it. That's going to help your cause. And and the other thing is you're differentiating yourself from the competition. If you're the one that's posted an article and you're sharing it with a potential hiring manager or the potential client, then you're different than the uh, than the competition. And when you're different than the competition, you have a leg up on them as well. So I, I like what you did. I think it's very, very, uh, very smart. And again, it positions you ahead of the competition because now you are the authority on that information. And on top of that, your articles are SEO optimized as well. So when you're, if you want to get your profile to rank, uh, your the articles you write matter, the slide shares you create matter, the text in your profile matters. It all matters, and it all creates a stronger um, a stronger profile when you when you incorporate all of this together. That's right, and and uh, and not only that. There's one other uh, aspect to this which is highly important, which is that uh, LinkedIn will give you analytics. And uh, Gwen, just so you know what analytics are, it's like data that uh, tells you exactly who. That was not an acronym. I know what analytics are, oh, okay. but when you start t putting different letters together. I struggle because, you know, I am the fashionably chic, not the geek. So work with me just a little bit, baby. And by the end of this year, I will know all your crazy acronyms. I'm actually writing them down. I've got oh, really? a list. I've got one for you. Okay. F. You. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Farmingdale That's University. It. I have That's many it. friends who grad. Yeah, many friends graduated from Farmingdale University down by Long Island. Nailed you it. go farming. Yeah. Go farm yourself. So, um... <laughs> So, so the, the analytics that pop up with your particular articles is really great because what it can do is it can start to see, you can start to see who's reading your articles. And so just looking at like the article I just mentioned uh, called How I Partied with My Toddler at a Wild Festival and Found My New Favorite Beer, right? Uh, I ended up seeing that uh, I had different people from different organizations uh, which organizations looked at my article. And uh, it looks like that some people even Google searched something and found my article through Google searching, uh, probably because it was SEO'd for certain yeah. keywords. So this is handy because what you're able to do through this process is start to see as you create content, who's looking at your content, what content is hitting and where they're coming from. And this is a great way to really get yourself seen and become an authority or a thought leader in what your particular field of knowledge is. 
it, when you're when you have authority and when you're a thought leader, you never know where that's going to lead. I mean, um, just the fact that we built the the LinkedIn Mastery Course has uh, resulted in me getting several speaking gigs for corporations that bring me in because they see that I created this course with Andros. They see that I kind of know what I'm talking about, and then they'll invite me in to give a keynote. So um, the, this kind of content and positioning, you know, myself or yourself as an authority can lead to to things that maybe you didn't even think of. So maybe you're, 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 the reason you created it was to try to acquire clients, uh, but then down the road, somebody sees it that then recommends uh, you to somebody else to give a keynote talk. So there's uh, the consequences of creating authority can be widespreading and they can be very useful for your business. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's just about getting yourself out there and, and getting seen. And, uh, you know, although LinkedIn doesn't have a, uh, an, a there are issues with LinkedIn uh, as far as like how people use it, that's more the fault of the people who are using it because, uh, and I'm sure everybody who's used LinkedIn can attest to this, that you you get a private message from somebody, <laughs> they want to connect with you. And the next thing you know, they're pitching their thing. I mean, constantly, I've got, I've got uh, I'm just looking at the last messages I've gotten. Um, oh my gosh. I got a I got a woman who reached. I mean, this is kind of nice. She reached out to me recently and asked. Uh, uh, she said, "Hey, I see that you're connected to this other person, and I'm launching a podcast. Will you listen to it?" Uh, and she she gave me the podcast. But then she did something really interesting. She says, uh, "I'd like to get some practical advance uh, advice about marketing and possibly get you as a guest on my podcast." That's smart because she's done two things. Number one, good lead it's a great leader. She's promoted her podcast, number one. She's asked me to be a guest. I don't know if I will be or not. She, I, I could connect with her and I may not be right for her. But but even if I am on that podcast, if she puts me on there for five minutes, you bet that I'm going to be uh, sharing that podcast with other people. So the moral to this story is, guys, we need to get some people, heavy influencers on our podcast. Who do you know? <laughs> well, this... This goes to um, this goes to the idea of of creating influence by borrowing other people's tribes or other people's access, and if we if we talk about one of the things uh, one of my mentors talks a lot about is he'll he'll ask the question to an audience he'll say who's the most powerful woman in the world, and what what would you say to that who's the most powerful woman in the world go ahead Andros or uh, or Gwen what would you say Gwendolyn are you talking about the most powerful woman that ever lived or the most powerful woman right now? I'm talking about who is the most right now? Quen- who's the most it's powerful woman in the world? It's Gwendolyn. Yeah. I, I'm going to say Oprah Winfrey. I, I'm going to say the, That's the president of, of, of Croatia. 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 Nice. I like that. Uh, but yes, the, the point of the story is that usually within the first three or four guesses, somebody's going to say Oprah. And the reason that's important is because we can look and, and we can model what Oprah Winfrey has done to create her tribe. And one of the things that she's done is uh, there's a there's a bit of a formula to what she's done. And it's uh, it's it's her prestige plus her guest prestige plus the um, bringing on her guest listeners to her show. So every time she has a new uh, a new guest on her show or what she used to when she was building the Oprah show, she would have somebody that has a big influence. She would bring them on the show and she would bring their audience along with them and so as she was basically the hub and she's bringing in all these different people that are bringing in their tribes and it's a, it's a win-win for everyone. But ultimately Oprah is the one that's continuing to build the most clout because she's, she's reaching out to guest after guest after guest and she's bringing in their tribes. Right. And so, she gave oh, away free books. I love it. Free and cars. Free cars on one episode at least. You yeah. know, it was awesome. There's always like a free book. That's why, you know, I liked her. She, she was a reader. 
so she she led with tremendous value so she i mean she has number one she's established that she has her own listener base and then number two she would she would have somebody come on the show and bring on new listeners and it was again it's a win-win for everybody but in doing so she she built up her brand much bigger than uh than her guests her guests well, would I get a, a good chunk i of give her a call justin i you know she and i have a well, mutual it's friend model, so if you can get Oprah on the show, that's wonderful. But we're talking also about just modeling what she's done. Okay. And in terms of podcasting, I mean, you know, if we bring sure. on influencers, bringing sure. on guests with big networks, and then having them share the show, that's a great way of of building yeah. your network. And in turn, you're borrowing you're borrowing that person's rapport they have with their audience. They're putting it onto you, and all of a sudden, you're building yourself as a big brand leader. So would you guys be surprised, like totally surprised if I had my people call Oprah's people and she actually did a podcast with us? Yes. Yes. We would be very I, I wouldn't be surprised if they called. I'd be surprised if they if she actually did a podcast with us, yes. <laughs> Especially if she listened to our other podcast episodes in advance. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine well, if she was one of well, our seven listeners? That would be crazy. Listen, That'd listen, cool. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, but there is a, a possibility, though it be slim that I can make this happen. All right. Well, all right. we'll hold right, you to that. And We're going to take you up on that. And you know what? If, and you're going to break the hearts of all seven of our listeners if you don't come through now. Yeah. So remember that. I didn't make any promises, but I'm going to check into it. My people will get a hold of her people, and I'll see what we can do, even if she well, gives us if, five minutes. Who would, be, who would be the second person? If you, can't, if you can't get Oprah, who can you get? Well, up until recently, most people would say Hillary Clinton, and now that's – as, it's still that's that was that was that was the answer before the before the election and are you on Sarah Gwendolyn are you choking on something <laughs> yeah. um yeah I mean maybe that's I'd say Ellen DeGeneres really, Ellen DeGeneres is probably number three now because she's oh, kind of yeah. taken over spot that's true that's yeah. true Gwendolyn how do you really feel about Hillary Clinton don't hold back tell us your true feelings <laughs> Hello, are you there? <laughs> okay, okay, we got him. I'm sorry. Moving on, moving I'll, on. I'll be back in so, five. I need to run to the bathroom. So, Gwendolyn, can you get us Ellen DeGeneres if Oprah falls through? Yeah, my my people don't know De- Ellen's people. I do have a mutual connection with Oprah, though. Okay. All right. Well, you know, she lives close to where I live. We're only, you know, we're only like a half hour away from each other because she's in Montecito. I'm over in Camarillo. It's pretty close. So I'm sure she wants to just come over here and record at the house. She's welcome. You to know her. somebody who knows I'll somebody see. who knew her, do. her dog breeder. No, no, no. I, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how, how I met this mutual person because it's not, uh, it's not something I, I want the listeners to know, but, uh, but he was hot, and uh, anyway, do, it was. Do, was it was it Kevin Costner because he lives in Santa Barbara? It must have been Kevin Costner. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, it was the producer. Okay, it was the producer who. Doctor Phil. No, Doctor Phil is hot. Harvey no. Weinstein. It was the producer. Some. Yeah, Harvey someone, Weinstein. A producer who's not. Someone anybody a, knows who's behind the he scenes. He was a producer who offered me a doing, movie role for some favors. It never really pulled through, <laughs> but that's what happened. Well, we did we did talk about my interview with QVC, right? That's right. Westchester, yeah, Pennsylvania. We did. We did. Yeah. So, okay. Let's let's. Uh, let's what about what about Lisa? What's her name? What's Lisa from um, the QVC show? Lisa Grainer is that her name, or the 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 one from QVC? The the one yeah. that's on Shark Tank. What's her name? I can't remember. I don't watch Shark Tank. Oh, she's Lisa's well, beautiful though. I met her, but she when I would was be a good yeah. guest, also we'll take her. She's pretty, yeah. 
But, you know, Mary Beth Rowe, Marie Osmond, Joan Rivers, God bless her soul. I mean, these are all people that I got to know. And so uh, that, that was pretty fun. So anyway, I have some connections and I'll do what I can do, you know, and, and I can't tell you about the fella that I slept with that knows Oprah, but uh, I can tell you that I do have a mutual connection. Was so. it a Baldwin brother? Was it a Baldwin brother? <laughs> I think you're close, buddy. <laughs> tell me it was Steven. Tell me it was Steven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't tell you. You know, I swore to secrecy. He said to me, <laughs> you need to take this to the grave, baby. And I said, I will take it to the grave, but someday I may have to use this if I need to get to Oprah. So, you know, yeah. I hate to, I hate to brag, but I, I once met Emilio Estevez and I know that's uh, he's one of the top stars in the world today. Yeah. Uh, but we awesome. also, we also hmm. share the same birthday. Me and Emilio. Wow. Same, uh, when is your birthday, so, Justin? I always send out presents. Uh, it's May the 12th. So next year it's going to fall on mother's day. So wow. The first year that my wife will be celebrating Mother's Day will also be uh, my birthday, which is so awesome. That is so special. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I, you know, that just warms so now, the cockles no, we, of my we heart. We are digressing back to uh, sure. LinkedIn yeah. because that's that's the, the, the main thing. If you want to connect. But I think you made the point. You made the point of having to make these these connections. And when you connect with some powerful people, it puts you at a higher higher uh, stake in the game. It does. It does. And, and yeah. And LinkedIn is a good spot. LinkedIn's a good spot to connect. Uh, you know, leading, I still, I think leading to ask somebody to be on a podcast is still a little too forward, but it's, uh, you're getting into the right territory because there's still some value for both people. But that's, that's something that can, that's a good lead in ultimately is I want to find some guests from my podcast. You look like you're a, a well-connected person. You have some great content. I'd love to have you on the show. So that's a, that's a good lead in, but it's a little, Andres, still going to be a little Andres, more rapport built in. Has she seen you in person and does she realize that your LinkedIn picture looks nothing like what you look like in person? Maybe she was just trying to, you know, hook up a date or something. You know, you really need to oh, update your true. picture that's to true. match your I age. I do kind of look like Jojo the dog face boy in person. That, that is, that is. So click, <laughs> click the link in the summary to see what Andres looks like now. But you know what? If- if exactly. you want to see what I do look like now, all you need to do is just simply go to the LinkedIn Mastery Course on August first right. because you'll be able to. You'll be live. I'll be live. You'll be able to see me, and uh, it'll be like uh, it'll be like smellovision almost. Just... I know when I googled your name when you wanted me to start working with you. And I was like, I don't know if this guy's legit. He sounds like he's a creeper. I Googled your name and your picture came up. And then I saw you in person for the first time. You don't look anything in person like you do on your videos because you've obviously lost a lot of weight and you're in shape now. So you must have been like pregnant. No, here's here's what I do is is because I've learned from my mistakes. So what I do is I set everyone's expectations lower and then when they see me, they're like, oh, this guy's uh, actually pretty good looking. See, that's. that's no, that's smart. I didn't say that. Pretty smart. I did not say that you're pretty good looking. What I said was you were fat mm. in the videos. And when I saw you in person, you had lost some weight. Why do you, why okay? do you have to body so, shame my man Andres over here? Why you got to body shame the man? That was a compliment. I don't want people out there to think that he's fat anymore because he's not. Like he's, I think he was having a sympathetic pregnancy when his his wife was pregnant with the Which son. Was like four and years during ago. That, during during the sympathetic pregnancy, he ate like a pregnant woman, got really fat, obese almost, and then he lost all the weight. And you know, I'm I'm proud of That's him. That's so true. 
Do you know why? Do you know why that is? Because when you have a pregnant wife and she says at two in the morning, you know what? I'm really in the mood for cheese toast. You're like, all right, cheese toast for you and I'll have a cheese toast. That's exactly right. And that's what happens. And you know this. Do you yes, know this? I, I know this as well. Justin, I know this as well too? because I also had the uh, the pregnancy gain. So uh, and I'm I'm trying to reverse that cycle myself now. So there was definitely a boost. Yeah. There was definitely a boost that happened from uh, from sympathetic yeah sympathetic pregnancy. It's a real thing. It's it's not just uh, it's not it, just in your head. It, it really is. So so you can you can put that in your LinkedIn profile as um, you know. But I I, I actually uh, you did hit one point, which is I do need to update my LinkedIn profile, Gwen and. Uh, that's because I am starting a brand new endeavor that I can't talk about right now with you and Justin and, uh, and use just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, Give us a hint. All I can say is this, is that we are about to launch something that is going to reshape how business is done. And I, I cannot that we're in the early stages of it, but but uh, it's exciting, and we've had uh, some high level conversations about this, and it's uh, that's all I can talk about. But in the meantime, I think that, we don't want to set that was a good we don't want to set the expectations. We don't want to set the expectations too high, but this is going to change the world. I think right. <laughs> I I think that you hinted okay in every episode we should drop a hint, and you said something that was pretty profound. Early stages. Early stages could be keywords to what we're going to be rocking you with. That's right. That's right. That's right. But in the meantime, you have this, and we also have the LinkedIn Mastery course. So let's go over the LinkedIn Mastery course a little bit because I just want to touch on that. Uh, you know, and if you and and again uh, for all of our listeners, if you have any sort of uh, questions about this, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn. In fact, uh, I don't know if you know this, but we've had some really awesome little reviews on uh, on our podcast. If you go to the iTunes store, uh, we have someone named Even Gim who uh, has said that as always, Justin Womack brings, a gr- brings great content to uh, uh, quick to consume and insightful. Thanks a lot. Five stars. Wow, I like that guy. Yeah. That guy's smart. Woo, smart That's guy. A really smart. Wow, yeah. smart listener. Bruce Michael, twenty-five, said motivational, inspiring, and great empowerment. Really, an inspirational for entrepreneurs. Five stars. People are listening to this. I, I'm, I'm. I'm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Andres. Did anybody say anything about Gwendolyn? Let's see. We also have. Okay, where's the gong? Is this the gong show? <laughs> I, I don't gone. have a gong. Andres, you have a gong. I, I, I've got. I've, I've got. No, no. That's all I got. So, uh, all right. So the listeners don't like me. You're going to kick me off the show. All the money I'm making. No way. You know, to help the needy in Africa. It's just like going away. No way. Yeah, you're, you're I get gonna- it. We might have to cut your. We have to cut your salary, Gwendolyn. If you do, if you don't bring in more listeners, we'll have to cut you your know, salary. You know, we're 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 only using you for Sorry. Oprah. We're only using you for Oprah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, to sum up the LinkedIn thing, here here it is: is that if if you want to use LinkedIn to 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 you know listen to our previous podcast where we talked about ways to develop your LinkedIn profile, ways that you can use LinkedIn to leverage your knowledge to be a thought leader in whatever area you are wanting to be uh, well-known for. And uh, and when we do the LinkedIn Mastery course, 
uh, if you go to linkedinmasterycourse.com, you can register for it. Uh, we're going to show you how to develop a master LinkedIn profile that will guaranteed get you jobs, get you interviews, like what you need to do uh, to do that. And so again, this is a free service that we're just doing for everybody uh, here. But yeah, we're going uh, to fill in the gaps a little bit too. So we, we've talked about a lot of these subjects um, slightly. We've, we've gotten into them. We've hinted at them. During the live course, we're actually going to be able to show video. So we'll do screen shares where you can actually see how some of this stuff gets done. And I think that'll make, it'll make some things a little bit more clear. So when you actually come on the course, you'll get to visually watch how some of this stuff gets done in person. And then we'll also take everything a little bit deeper than we've done here. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be pure LinkedIn content. There'll probably be a little bit less um, hearing stories and things like that. But we, we might do a little bit of that still. But you know, it'll be mostly content. That's right. That's right. And uh, speaking of which, I want to switch gears a little bit here because we have because this is the marketing geeks our spoiler free review for Ant Man. And the wasp. Speaking speaking of acronyms, let's talk about the MCU. That's right. That's right. And uh, MCU. Uh, what's the MCU? I have no idea. I'm like taking notes. I have my pencil. <laughs> so one, I have my notepad. You know very... me. I write all the time. I'm a I'm a writer by you... nature. By nature, MCU. Uh, yeah, this one's very important. So make sure to get your okay. get your pen and paper ready. I got get it. Ready. Here it comes. You ready? Yeah. Marvel. Go. Marvel ah! Cinematic Universe. Marvel Cinematic ah! Universe. Yeah. Before you go to Burning Man with us, you have about 20 films to watch. That's all. That's all. Well, you still got 20 Not films going. to watch. Sorry. So, uh, Ant and the Wasp. <laughs> Justin, tell me what you thought your opinions of uh, of it was. I thought it was uh, it was a fun movie. It it was loosely loosely tied into the the general story of the of the, the overarching MCU story. Uh, obviously, it, it had to predate it had to predate Infinity War, so that was kind of obvious going into it, because otherwise everybody would be missing an action. So uh, it was it was a fun movie. Um, I, I, if I had to rate it, I would give it probably a B or a B minus. I didn't I didn't love the film, uh, but I did have a good time. I had a good time watching it. Paul Rudd is always um, he's always entertaining in the role. So it was it was good, not great. That's my general opinion of the film, without getting into spoilers, which I will do if you tempt me. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was, I, I agree. Good movie, not a great movie, uh, but it was fun. And, you know, the one thing I could say about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're consistent. And every time I've plunked down money to see one of those movies, I, uh, I always, always have a good time. Uh, but on that note, uh, sadly, uh, we had a firing. James Gunn was fired from his own franchise. Of, yeah, that was that was shocking. That was no, shocking. That was actually so really, really shocking. I, I just I just want to to cover a little bit about what happened because this is very very interesting, um, and this does cover marketing a little bit and politics. So for those of you do, who do not know, uh, James Gunn was the director of the first two movies that uh in the uh guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy and guardians of the galaxy 2 he had already written the uh script for guardians of the galaxy 3 and that was getting ready to shoot uh and then something happened and that was that some old tweets were dug up from like 10 years ago where he joked about i mean i got to admit the jokes were a little disgusting uh he talked about they were pretty bad. Uh, I read I read the tweets in question, but you know what? I mean, uh, 
Well, this is what happened. There was a guy whose name is Mike Cernovich, and Mike Cernovich is basically the guy who was behind Pizzagate. He was the guy that brought, like, the... Oh, man. Let me tell you something. I went down that rabbit hole. I went all the way down that rabbit hole. I looked at all the research, to, and I can, I can honestly say that there's a lot of inferences there. There are things that make you go... Huh, that's interesting. But one of the biggest things that they say, uh, like it, it was basically that they that that there was a certain subset of people who said that there was a, a torture chamber uh, inside of a pizza restaurant that uh, was connected to Hillary Clinton, and that was like a sex trafficking ring, and it got into this, you know. But here's here the, one of the pieces of evidence that they cited was the fact that. Uh, the Clinton campaign was giving large amounts of money to this pizza restaurant for some strange reason. Well, she was running a presidential campaign. And when you have presidential campaigns, you have volunteers. What do you feed your volunteers? Yeah, you and, feed them a lot of pizza because and, it's cheap. And how do you pay for that pizza? With money, right? So there's going to be money. Here we go. Up well, the, question, the question would be the question would be now if we were to look at other campaigns now are they also spending similar amounts on pizza is this a is this an how out of if we were to look at statistical analysis here how out of um how out of the ordinary are we talking here i mean that's that's the real question but i don't want to get into pizza yeah. let's talk about well well this actually <laughs> this actually is connected because this this guy named mike cernovich uh, he was pushing the founder. Of Pizza founder Gate. Well, he was one of the big pushers, and I'm not. I'm not saying that it didn't happen or did happen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not touching that. All yeah. I'm saying is that yeah. this guy was one of the guys who was like putting that information out there, and he also attacks people on a regular basis who don't like President Forty Five. So what he did was he went back to James Gunn's tweets and went through all of his tweets all the way back to look for anything. That could ruin this guy. So he basically found these tweets and started putting that information to sway public opinion. And this is again, this is this goes into marketing because this is a brilliant piece of marketing. If you if you want to destroy someone, this is one way to do it: is go back and look at everything that you have online, find those things that could be incriminating, and then uh, take it to somebody who could possibly hurt your career or fire you. So the moral to this story is: if you intend to work for Disney, whether you're Roseanne Barr or James Gunn, delete your Twitter account. <laughs> Just delete it. Yeah, seriously. Just don't have a Twitter account. I mean, how, how hard is that for people? This is a, a mistake that happens over and over and over. Now, so, the, I mean, let's talk about like Roseanne versus James Gunn here because so Roseanne, her tweet was in, you know, it happened while her show was on the air. So it was a newer, it was a newer thing. Whereas James Gunn's were 10 years years ago ago. or 10 years ago. So the question is, should that matter? Uh, Number one, because uh, they're totally, you know, one of them is, one of them is current. One of them is in the past, but then, and then if you look at James Gunn though, he also, uh, when Roseanne Barr was getting fired, he also attacked her 
And, you know, um, and he, he had some tweet about like how she should be fired for her tweet, which I think is kind of ironic. If people with, you know, I mean, I, I get that that his were done in, in humor, but it's also a little. Right. So, so, the, so the moral to the yeah, story is, is that so, is that when we and it's just an interesting thought process, because and this goes into like how you do marketing and that like wherever you go, whenever you're posting something and this goes back to like even my article that I posted on LinkedIn about how I partied with my two year old. Right. If I ever am up for a position that has to do with like, I don't know, something that like anything that that could be taken the wrong way, what your digital trail can be looked at in a certain way and then brought to somebody later who doesn't like you and wants to destroy you. Which is why, which is why we disavow marketing geeks. We were never on this nope. show. None this of us happened. were on the show ever. This is... <laughs> well, as a mandated reporter for child abuse, I think I do need to report yeah. you now that I know this, Andros. It's a very inappropriate place to bring your son from what I understand. I've only seen pictures... I've only seen pictures of places like Burning Man, and I know that I don't like the hot desert, so uh, there's no way I would go there. But, you know, the fact that you brought your son, first of all, in a hot desert uh, and some of the antics that go on there, well, I mean, do, I, do you know I would why, have to hotline This is a very you. good question. Why, why would I bring my kid? Because a lot of people say, well, isn't that like a, you know, a big sex and drug fest at Burning Man? Yes. It is, but, but <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course it is. But see, but see, the thing is, is this, is that, is that we live in a society where unfortunately parents do not teach their kids how to party. Right. And so what happens is their, their kids will come up to their, to their parents and say, speak uh, for yourself. My parents taught me how to party. Speak for yourself. That's true. That's true. Uh, but I think most don't. And uh, are you okay, Justin? Did, I think he just fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, are you all right? I think he's been partying too hard. Just a, okay, I'm okay. okay, okay. He just pulled a Kramer. He just pulled a Kramer. Yeah. He, just, he just took too much. Um, but 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 the but the to, to answer the question is uh, what better place to address those things with your kids? So so when your kids are out during the day and if they see something that may be inappropriate, at the end of the day, you debrief them and you say. Was there anything today that you had a question about? Anything that you that bothered you? Anything that you were wondering about? Or if you see somebody who's completely high out of their mind, you could point to them and say, see that person over there? They probably took this. They probably took too much of it. And that's the reaction that they're having. So so when they get into high school and they finally are offered this stuff for the first oh, time, high school? they no, no, know no. what this no, is no. about. They're being offered this stuff now in the sixth grade, fifth grade. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, no, it's happening. That's a little young, but but you're right. You're right, though, Andros. I mean, I think when I grew up, you know, um, the the reaction was to hide everything and not share what's out there. And I think there's, uh, I th I think you know, then I had to learn it all on my uh, by myself, and I had to make all right. the mistakes by myself instead of having a little bit of education around it. So I mean, I, there's probably a happy medium as there is with anything. Um, but I, I do think what, if you're, if you're, if everything is kept from you as well, I do think that's not healthy too. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so, um, plus, you know, I want, I want my, uh, my kid to grow up around mad scientists like I did because, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I grew up around a lot of mad scientists. So, um, yeah, you, oh, you, and you specifically definitely did. <laughs> 
So, all right. So we we uh, covered James Gunn. We covered our spoiler-free review. Um, also, uh, you saw the uh, preview for Aquaman and uh, Shazam. Uh, if you haven't seen those, Shaz- those- yeah. So yeah. Shazam is like it's like the movie Big, but for superheroes. It looks like now. So I never read Shazam. I don't. I'm not familiar with the comic book at all. I'm like the movie is the first reference for me that I've even heard of Shazam. Um, did you read the comic? Do you, are you familiar with the story or anything like that? Dad, you know, there's a kid, he gets superpowers. I don't know, whatever. Fuck. They're all the same, aren't they? I mean, really at the end of the day, well, I will say, I will say that the costume looks super cartoony in, in this movie. So I, I think they're going, obviously they're going the polar opposite of what they did with the, uh, uh, Batman versus Superman and, and, justice league they're going the polar opposite super lights and and warm-hearted um you, so we'll see that could that might work it might blow up in their face uh, but maybe, maybe it'll attract kids i don't know dc needs some levity um for sure but I, aquaman too much cgi in aquaman for me yeah that, too much so so uh i want to find out what what uh who out there saw the the content coming from uh, from Comic-Con. And this is kind of interesting because from a marketing perspective, Comic-Con, you know, when I was a kid and my dad would go to Comic-Con and I've been, I was there as a, as a little boy growing up, my dad would sign autographs and whatever uh, for, for his books. But, uh, you know, the movie industry realized that it's a great place to release like sneak preview trailers and get the word out and get things viral. How many people were there back then? Like how many people were at Comic-Con when you, when you, Oh would go God, I don't remember, but it wasn't like a phenomenon like it was now. I mean, people, people did, like probably hundreds, right? No, no, there was not like tens of, thousands. no, there was a few thousand, but it wasn't anything like it was now where you just could not get anywhere near the place. And, um, you know, but the movie industry, like, you know, back then the movie industry did not really consider science fiction as a marketable, uh, industry. It didn't consider it like anything that they can make money off of. Uh, so, and of course, yeah. Star Wars changed all that, but, uh, but I, I'd like to find out what, what, uh, our listeners think about the new content coming out of there because a lot of it's going viral and, um, it's a great marketing technique, but, uh, and we also want to find out about, uh, what you're, what, what, uh, you're most excited about, uh, for the coming and don't forget to go to the LinkedIn mastery course on August the 1st. So let's not, let's not forget. That's that. right. That's right. So, um, all right. Well, that concludes this episode of marketing geeks. And fashionably uh, marketing geeks is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Right. The marketing geeks and the fashionably chic is brought to you by the LinkedIn mastery course. And we want to thank all of our seven listeners who've been uh, so supportive. And if there's anything we can do for you, we love giving back. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Ask us a question. We will answer you. We want to help you. We want to help you all succeed. So uh, if you or a friend have a problem with marketing, call our hotline <laughs> 1-800-MARKETING-GEEKS now. We can help you get better. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. I am just so a much. Max Day Classy. Thank you hey, so very, you very Peace much. Out, and hey, say something nice about me. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Say something nice about Gwendolyn because she's very nice.